Your getaway with Apple Vacations begins the moment you step on board one of our exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Escape the ordinary with packages starting at just $599. No layovers, just pure relaxation from takeoff to touchdown. Immerse yourself in the joy of travel with Apple Vacations. Your journey is as enchanting as the destination. So pack your bags and leave the rest to us. Visit AppleVacations.com or call your local travel advisor to book your vacation. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. This is draft season. John Schmelk, Tony Pauline with you. We are now just under three weeks from night one of the 2023 NFL draft. And today we have some news. We have some pro day stuff, but we're going to push that aside for the next two weeks. We're going to do the rest of the news. Then we'll do Tony rumors, all that stuff. We'll go through. Uh, we've already gone through our top fives at each position. We'll kind of go deeper than that in each spot, and we'll review those on offense and defense each of the next two weeks, and that'll get us right up to draft week, and then we'll do a couple shows draft week, figure it out. So today we're going to do a mock draft. It's kind of a deal where we're going to go every other team. I've made sure the teams have multiple picks. Tony and I own both those picks for both teams, so we're kind of in sync. Tony has 16 picks in the first round. I have 15 because the Dolphins, of course, had their pick docked. So these can take a while, so we're going to try to put the express button on some of the easy picks, and we'll kind of debate and have conversations about some of the ones that I think are a little bit more interesting. So because we put age before beauty here, I gave Tony the first overall pick in the draft to the Carolina Panthers. Um, Tony, how are you, first of all? And you're up. I'm okay. This is kind of the calm before the storm. I mean, pro day workouts are, are all done. There's a couple of guys that have individual workouts coming up. Miles Murphy, a few other guys. Uh, you'll have your team meetings in about a week or so. We got the combine medical recheck, which is coming up. And then after that, you have your team meetings. And then the information will start pouring out faster than I can type it. But I am okay. And since I am up with the first pick of the Carolina Panthers. Uh, and by the way, Tony, I'm, before we start, we should set the rules. We are, is this predictive or is this what we would do? How do you want to do this? Uh, well, I'll tell you what, let's do predictive, but I'm going to add my own. I wouldn't do this here or, or whatever. Perfect. That sounds good. All right. So with the Carolina Panthers, I mean, everything I'm hearing is it's going to be CJ Stroud, the quarterback from Ohio state coach. Frank Reich is really enamored with Anthony Richardson. I don't know that Bryce young is factoring in as much as people are mentioning. Uh, but right. Uh, but CJ Stroud has really, I think, separated himself through the interview process. The team has really taken a liking to him, or at least the front office. Frank Reich is still open to uh, Anthony Richardson, but I think he's okay with C.J. Stroud. So I'm going with C.J. Stroud here. Okay. I, I Again, I, I think that's a good conversation to have, and I think that leaves Bryce Young for the Texans. I know Lance Zierlein just had a mock draft, and he's really locked into Houston, and he did not have them picking a quarterback here, which I would find really hard to believe. Uh, I think they'll go Bryce Young here. 
And I think they'll run to the podium with that tag. I don't think they'll have much serious conversations about Anthony Richardson. Maybe they will, and I'm wrong. I just think it'd be kind of crazy. So I will give Bryce Young to the Houston Texans for their franchise quarterback. Now, Tony, you're up number three, Arizona Cardinals. How anxious are you on the phones right now trying to trade down? How far would you trade down? What's your thought process there? We're not doing trades in this mock, but... The Cardinals, I'm sure, will be getting phone calls about this pick over the next few weeks. I think the trade will be one of two teams. Slight chance Seattle, decent chance Tennessee if the uh, if the package is good. How far does Arizona trade down? I think it depends that the, pa- the package that's offered to them. I mean, they really don't want to trade down that far because they need an edge rusher, they need a front defender, and, and you know it really thins out after your first couple of guys. Uh, you're not going to get a good edge rusher, I, I don't believe, in the middle of uh, that first round area. But I do think they're getting that, you know, this is one of those picks that can go down to the final seconds uh, before the card gets to the table. And since we're not making trades here, I'm going to go with the obvious pick, and that is Will Anderson of Alabama. Now, just off tape, you would have Jalen Carter here, right? But the off-the-field stuff is what pushes him down for you? Jalen Carter is still uh, my highest-rated player, the highest-rated player on my board. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm really, it's going to be tough for me to move from that because of what's going on in the past couple of weeks. But yeah, I, I mean, I just think it's a better fit. They, they, what JJ Watt just, uh, uh, just retired. They need a pass rusher. They need an edge guys are perfect for, for that system. By the way, Tony's uh big board is up over a pro football network. So go to profootballnetwork.com and, you know, get to their draft section and Tony's big board is up there. What do you have? Like, I'm not even being sarcastic here, folks. You have over a thousand players, correct, Tony? One thousand sixty-four players, to be exact. It actually started uh, much more than that, but as I went through the film, I found so many guys, as we talked about with Jim Nagy months ago, going back for a second year, or guys who were transferred and are still on college rosters. The the number actually went down. If it wasn't for that, it probably would have had about twelve hundred guys up there rated. And I've watched all those players. It's not I'm not just throwing caution to the wind here. I've watched those guys at different points. Uh, there was n- never any doubt, Tone. So make sure you go check that out again on Pro Football Network. You can sort by positions. You'll get his position rankings, first, second round, grades, the whole nine yards. Make sure you go uh, check that out. All right, I'm up here for the Indianapolis Colts. And look, this is predictive. Um, I, I still go back and forth on Anthony Richardson and Will Levis. I know Will Levis's 2023 ta- 2022 tape was not very good. He dealt with a lot of injuries. The situation around him was poor, but he was not very good. But in 2021, he was pretty good. And Anthony Richardson, uh, for all the physical traits as a passer this year, was inconsistent, and that's putting it kindly. Um, but Chris Ballard is a traits guy. I think running read option with Jonathan Taylor and Anthony Richardson. If you're going to do some of that this year in year one in a package, if, you know, if he's not going to play right away, I think that's frightening. I think it's scary and I think it could be effective. So um, I'm going to go Anthony Richardson here. I'm going to pencil him into the Colts, Tony. Yeah, I think it makes perfect sense. I, I think Anthony Richardson is being overdrafted and I'm either going to be proven as a genius or I'm going to be proven as a complete idiot, depending on the type of quarterback that Anthony Richardson Turns out to be, but also look at that who they hired as their head coach, and look at the kind of quarterback that he had at in Philadelphia. Great with point. Hurts and, and what he did with Jalen Hurts, and really Anthony Richardson is a bigger, more athletic, stronger arm, faster version than Jalen Hurts, and that's why I think that that third spot will is going to be open. A lot of teams are going to want to trade up for Anthony Richardson so they could overdraft him. So I I, I completely agree with you. I think uh, 
I think when you look at the the entire situation, that's a good pick. Yeah, and I'm with you, by the way. And I think Shane Steichen with him, you're right. I think that is a, a really good developmental tool uh, for him. All right, you're up, Tony. You got the Seattle Seahawks at number five. Seahawks need, uh, you know, there's talk that they could go quarterback. Uh, I think they would like Richardson. I mean, there's some speculation in league circles that Seattle could trade up, although I'm not hearing that from the uh, – from the franchise itself. They need a center. They need an edge rusher. They need a receiver. I am going to go with Tyreek Wilson here. The, uh, the, the pass rusher, the a terrific athlete uh, from Texas tech university, I think come out of a three point stance. I think he'd be a good fit for that system. I think it's a situation where, you know, Jalen Carter still the best athlete on my uh, best player on my board right after Jalen Carter is Tyreek Wilson of Texas, Texas tech. So they get good value and they fill a need. Yeah, look, I'm I'm with you. I think I think that's the way to go here. Lines up in number six here, Tony, and this is where it gets tough. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie to you. All my guys on my like, I have my big draft board here. I have all color coded. All my guys that I have blue and red at the top of the draft right now are gone, except for one guy. But now that guy has some issues off the field, and I I really would have liked to put him with Pete Carroll in Seattle because I feel like they know how to deal with. You know, guys that are maybe are a little bit difficult off the field. We saw that with, you know, Michael Bennett back in the day, for example. Um, but look, I think Campbell in Detroit has a way to deal with players. I think they have a very good culture there. You have Aaron Glenn, a former player, as a defensive coordinator. I'm going to give him Jalen Carter. I think he's the pick here. I don't think Detroit lets him go. I thought about the cornerback in Christian Gonzalez. He was my other option here. He's my next highest player on my board, and that is also a need for Detroit. But I think you put um, with uh, McNeil inside with Carter and Hutchinson, you have the makings of a pretty impressive defensive front. So I'm going to give the Lions Jalen Carter here. Yeah, I mean, this is where the Jalen Carter watch starts. And he fits a need. It's just a question of, does he fit the locker room? You know, I mean, I, I think even though they're drafting within the top 10, I think the fact that Jalen Carter said he's not meeting with any teams outside the Big Ten is a mark against them for all those teams in the top 10. I, I mean, right. why wouldn't you want to talk with, with the teams outside the, the the initial 10 selections? It's a bit of a Especially, risk. Especially, by the way, since one of those teams might trade up for you. There you go. A couple that, spots. I mean, that, it's that stupid. Is, that, is the, uh, that is, you know, the big thing. It's not the fact that if he slides to 13, you know, or the New York Jets looking at him, it's, you know, as he slide as he slides down, are one of those teams that need a defensive tackle and there's not a lot of defensive tackles in this class, would they be willing to trade up for him? So, yeah, I, I this is where the Jalen Carter watch starts. If he doesn't, if he's not selected here, I think he could fall down a bit. All right, Tony, you're up. Las Vegas Raiders in number seven. You know, Will Levis is sitting there, and Will Levis is is an interesting pick. You know, that, that Garoppolo contract can be really looked upon as a one-year contract. There's talk about the quarterbacks. You know, Josh McDaniel, quarterback guy. But I'm going to go maybe with my head here rather than my heart. I'm going to say Paris Johnson because you also need offensive linemen. And – you know, regardless of whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo in 2023 or it's another quarterback down the road, they really need to build that offensive line. I think Paris Johnson can play left side. You can kick him inside. I think he's hands down. He's the best offensive lineman in this year's draft. I think he's worthy of a top uh, 12 pick, top 10 pick. Uh, probably breaks the heart of a couple teams afterwards, especially the Chicago Bears who would love to have him. But I'm going to go with Paris Johnson here. All right. I think that's a good, solid pick. No question about it. 
And now I'm with the Falcons at eight. And here's the thing, Tony. The Raiders and Falcons are playing it very coy with these quarterbacks. Very coy. Like, if they're interested in them, they haven't let it on, really. And after I make this pick, I'd like to get your reporting on that. Um, but I don't think the Falcons look like they're they're looking at a quarterback. I think they want to see what Desmond Ritter has. Um, so I think I really have to just go with the best player available on my board, and that's Christian Gonzalez. And frankly, it's not very close. So uh, they need a corner out, uh, opposite of A.J. Terrell. So I'm going to give the Falcons at number eight, Christian Gonzalez, cornerback out of Oregon. From what you are hearing, is there real interest at quarterback at seven or eight or or no? You know, I haven't heard that. And good for the Falcons because they basically kept it camouflage. Now, maybe we'll hear more as we get closer to the draft. But I really haven't heard uh, much about that. They did a good job on the offensive line in free agency, signing some of their own guys. So they kind of solidified that. I would agree with you that, you know, Let's see what they have in Desmond Ritter. Uh, and remember, you know, I, I hate to – to. I don't think you draft this year because of what's going to happen next year. But if Desmond Ritter doesn't pan out, the 2024 draft looks like it's going to be stacked at the quarterback position. So uh, I would agree. You get a you get a tough fight defensive player here. Uh, and Gonzalez is fantastic. I mean, hands down the best cornerback in this year's draft. So it makes a lot of sense. I'm with you, Tony. You're up now, number nine, the Chicago Bears. This pick originally belonged to the Carolina Panthers. They got it in their trade up to number one. You're up at number nine, Tony. I think the uh, the Bears kind of take a little bit of risk here, and it's not even really a risk, but I'm going to go with Broderick Jones. Ooh, because... what upside, what upside. Yeah. Not, not only upside, but my concern about Broderick Jones were the measurables. He came in, he, had, he was tall, he had left tackle size, he had left tackle arms. We know he's an outstanding athlete. He's a good pass protector. He's outstanding blocking in motion on the second level. He's just got to get a little bit stronger. Hey, listen, you know, Andrew Thomas had bumps in the row when he first started with the Giants, and now he's looking like a fantastic left tackle. I see a lot of the same things, you know, with with, uh, Broderick Jones. I think they probably would have rather had Paris Johnson. But still, you know, Broderick Jones is a good prospect who, like you said, has got great upside and could be a terrific player down the road. Now, Tony, with the Eagles at 10 here, this is the pick they got from the Saints and the Saints trade up last year uh, to get Chris Olave. And I thought I would be choosing between Nolan Smith and Van Ness out of Iowa as, you know, as Howie Roseman tries to solidify both lines. But now I'm looking at this and I see Peter Skaronsky still on the board. And you don't know when Jason Kelsey is going to retire. Cam Jurgens will move to center. Then who's their next guard? Oh, maybe it's Skaronsky. How much longer is Lane Johnson going to play? He's someone that has dealt with a lot of injuries, just signed the one-year extension. The Eagles like to future-proof. They like to draft guys up front on both sides of the ball. So I thought about the pass rusher. I think this is a deeper pass rusher class. The Eagles can get a pass rusher at 30. They can get one in the second round. So I'm going to give them Skaronsky um, out of Northwestern as a guard-tackle-swap type of guy here. That just kind of solidifies what the Eagles have on the offensive line. And you probably just broke the heart of the Tennessee Titans. Who oh, yeah, I did. Um, but yeah, I mean, that is definitely how, you know, Harry Roseman type of guy. You know, you, you look at their offensive linemen, they're tough, they're gritty, they're fundamentally sound. And that's everything with Skaronsky, who, you know, not too long ago, people were projecting as a, uh, you know, top 10 pick. We're, we're right there at the 10th spot. Probably the only reason he doesn't go earlier is because of those short arms, which which is legitimate. No question. All right, Tony, you're up at number 11 for the Tennessee Titans, who still maybe need a quarterback. All these quarterback teams are going to you. What do you think? 
Yeah, I mean, you make a good point. And there, like we said, there is talk that they could trade up. I think they would prefer Anthony Richardson. I just do not like Will Levis at this spot um, because I still think it's, it's overdrafting him. When you look at their board, you know, they need offensive linemen. They need an edge rusher. They need a speed receiver. There's no offensive linemen still left uh, that are worthy of, of being selected. Speed receiver, no. So I'm going to go with Miles Murphy here to uh, fill out their uh, their needed edge rusher, uh, a guy who has had some injuries. He's probably worthy of being a top ten pick. I think his uh, needlessly falling down draft boards, and, and when you look at uh, the way uh, the way the Titans play their system, I think he's a terrific fit on the edge there. I think he's got a high amount of upside. I think this is a real good fit for them. Yeah, I see him as well. We haven't talked a bunch about Murphy, I think, Tony. So let me just ask you. I see him almost as more of like a power hybrid guy. He's not like your, you know, super bendy guy that I think on the edge. He's already almost 270. You expect he's going to get a little bit bigger. Is, is that how you view him as well? I think he's a super athlete. I think he can play out of a three-point stance. I think he can stand over tackle. You watch him. He's great explosion up the field. He can change and make direct can change direction, make plays in pursuit. Uh, he's got to get a little bit stronger. Uh, you know, he's got a good amount of upside. He's just got to get to that point. And when you look at them, I mean, they play sort of a, you know, a, a three hyphen, uh, three, four system. They signed Arden key in the, in the off season. They got Harold Landry there, but still, I think miles Murphy adds, uh, improves that area immediately for him. All right, let's get to the Houston Texans here, number 12, Tony. And I look at this in two different ways. They want to help their franchise quarterback, Bryce Young, that they just selected second overall. But at the same time, D'Amico Ryans is their head coach. What is D'Amico Ryans? He's a defensive guy. And the Texans could use some help, I think, in the defensive backfield, right? Uh, they drafted Stingley last year. But besides that, you know, what else do they really have back there? So I'm kind of looking at either the top wide receiver or the top cornerback maybe a pass rusher here. If if you want to talk about that, I think you can have that conversation too. But, you know, you just took Miles Murphy. I mean, you could think about Nolan Smith in this spot. I think that's a conversation. Ah, boy, that's a really good question. Look, the way they like to play that system with San Francisco, where D'Amico Ryans came from, they want to beat people up at the line of scrimmage, right? They want big physical guys that are going to knock you around. So, I know he's probably better in a press man system, but they do like to press the line of scrimmage. So I'm going to give the Houston Texans Joey Porter Jr. in this spot. Yeah, and Porter Jr. is my second-rated cornerback. Uh, so, I, I mean, it makes sense as far as I'm concerned because your top-rated cornerback in Christian Gonzalez is off the board. I, I mean, the only, the only thing I would say is they drafted a cornerback early in last year's draft. They haven't gotten the uh, – haven't gotten the returns on him. Granted, it's a different head coach. Uh, it's a defensive-minded head coach. Uh, but in, in a lot of ways, it makes a lot of sense. Now, let me ask you this. And the other thing I thought about, too, I think Jackson Smith and Jigba is the best wide receiver. But I wonder how much they're counting on John Mechie coming back. And he's kind of your middle-of-the-field possession guy. I wonder if there's some overlap there with Smith and Jigba a little bit, which is why I, I – and I thought about Quentin Johnson, but I just think Joey Porter Jr. is a better player, so that's why I gave him Porter Jr. Yeah, I, I don't think you're going to pass on Smith and Jigba because you're waiting for Mechie to come yeah. back. Because I think that uh, while I like Mechie, smaller guy coming back from that injury, you know, Smith and Jigba is way up here. If you want a receiver, you want to improve your – uh you're receiving core, you're taking Smith and Jigba. The only question is, you know, how highly do you have Smith and Jigba rated compared to 
Joey Porter. I've got Joey Porter rated, you know, a bit higher, and he's better value here than Smith. Smith. Yeah, Jigbin. that's what I, I was down to Smith and Jigbin Porter. I went Porter. Houston fans will probably yell at me, but that's okay. All right, Tony, you're up at number thirteen with the Jets. You know, it's funny because the Jets really don't have a lot of needs when you look at the team. I mean, they have a lot of needs on the offensive line, that's for sure. But I think any offensive lineman is going to be a reach here. They haven't needed safety. I don't think you can take Brian Branch as much as I love him uh, due to that 40 time at the combine. All three of those offensive linemen are gone, man. The, the, not not good for the Jets. No, and, and it, that's the way it's going to be because it's feast or famine. Once you get past those three guys, I mean, your next offensive lineman is maybe one of the centers or, or, or whoever else. You know, the Jets lost a couple of defensive tackles uh, in the offseason. They got Quentin Williams. They got Solomon Thomas, who showed some ability uh, last year at times, who showed some flashes. You talk about, you know, a defensive coach. Uh, Robert Saul is there. I'm going to go with Brian Brise here from Clemson. Uh, I think for a couple of reasons. Number one, I, I think he's definitely a, a, a he's definitely a, a, a Robert Sala type of player. I think you get along well with Quentin Williams. I think you know the athleticism. You, you got to kind of d- dismiss what you saw in 2022 because of all the situations, all the issues that Brian Brise was facing. None which were his own. None which were brought on by himself. And, and I I think it's a need. I think what's ultimately going to happen is either the Jets will try and trade up if one of those offensive tackles, Broderick Jones or Paris Johnson, starts to slide, or they can actually trade down, get some extra capital, and then maybe take a defensive tackle or one of the offensive linemen later on. But since we're not doing trades here, at 13, I'm going to go with Brian Brise. All right. you Tony, high on those Clemson guys, and they seem to be sliding a little bit on the consensus board, but Tony's sticking with them here with Miles Murphy uh, at number 11 to Tennessee and Brian Brise 13 to the Jets. All right, Pack, or I'm sorry, Patriots at 14 here, Tony. That goes to me. And I would think about an offensive tackle here. I honestly would. But I don't think there's really one that I like. Defensive front. I mean, these guys are flying off the boards here. I'm looking at my board. And my next, you know, defensive lineman is Kalijah Kansi. And I don't I don't think this is a little too early for him for me. So Bill Belichick loves tough, versatile cornerbacks. So I'm going to go Devin Witherspoon, and I think Bill Belichick's going to love the fact that he's a student of the game. He reads things very well. Even though he's not the biggest guy, he's physical. He can play man. He can play zone. So I'm going to go Devin Witherspoon here, cornerback out of Illinois to the Patriots at 14. Yeah, I think uh, Smith and Nagigwa with their needs at uh, receiver would also be a consideration here. But one thing we know about the Patriots, they do not do a good job developing receivers. Why not wait till later on or or get somebody, get a free agent? I mean, the other thing about Witherspoon is he's not the fastest guy in the world. But the fact is this, as poorly as they've done developing wide receivers, the the Patriots do a great job with the defensive backs all along. And I think even if uh, Devin Witherspoon is he going to run before the combine? I mean, there's talk that he may, you know, that hamstring may kind of pop up again. And he doesn't run before, uh, I'm sorry, run before the draft, not the combine. He may not uh, really run before uh, uh, before the end of April. Uh, but I think if there's a guy that can mask that, can, can put him in the best position, Bill Belichick can. He's done it all his career. I mean, going back to when he was defensive coordinator with the Giants, he's got the most out of his uh, defensive backs and, and his cornerbacks. So I think it may it makes a perfect, uh, it's a perfect fit. And for the record, if I was the one drafting and building the team, I would want to give Mac Jones, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. I just don't see the Patriots doing that, which is yeah. well, again, this is predictive, is not what I would do. I would draft Smith and Jigba, but I think the I don't think the Patriots do it. Tony, yeah, you're I, I, and, ahead, and I'm again, sorry. 
And again, they do not, they don't have a good history of uh, drafting, drafting receivers early and then developing them. Green Bay Packers are on the board. They could go safety, but there's no safety really worth taking here. They could go tight end. There's a couple tight ends, but still, this is a bit early for my liking. They do need a receiver. So I think this is where Smith Nijiba comes off the board. I Packers think, yeah. in the first round wide receiver. How about that? I, I think with Jordan Love there, <clears throat> you're going to want a sure-handed receiver who can get separation in the underneath and intermediate coverage. Smith Nijiba does a tremendous job of that. Granted, didn't play too much in 2022 because of that third-degree hamstring strain. Uh, <clears throat> you know, he's used to playing in the cold weather, playing at Ohio State. Uh I think that you you've got a new quarterback coming in. You better get him some reliable targets. You better get him some dependable hands. You better get him a guy that knows how to get open. That's everything Jackson Smith Nick Jigba does. I think he's going to be off the board before number twenty. So I think at fifteen, that's where the Packers go. Washington at sixteen. <clears throat> I think one of those tight ends is possible for Green Bay too, Tony. I think Mayor Kincaid are possible. I think they probably more of a Mayor team than a Kincaid team. I think he's on the board there too. Oh, boy, Washington at 16. If I'm running this team, I'm taking Will Levis. I mean, I think this is the time for it. I'm not a huge Sam Howell believer. I, You know, we talked about him last year on the show. He's fine. Um, but I wouldn't not draft another quarterback to, to pass on that. Otherwise, I think cornerback is a need for Washington. So I would think about Deontay Banks here, but I think it might be a little bit early for him given the other three corners are all gone. I would have picked Witherspoon, Porter, or Gonzalez if they were here for Washington. They could go tight end, but they have a lot they've used a lot of draft capital on wide receivers, whether it's McLaurin or Dotson. They don't need another pass rusher. They have too many defensive linemen. They can't sign them all. All right, screw it. I'm going to go Will Levis. I just don't. If there was another player that I thought there was value here, Tony, I would have went with him. I really would have. I just don't see it. I don't see another player here that's worth me passing on a chance of stacking the quarterback room. And look, maybe Sam Howell still starts week one anyway, right? And maybe he plays so well that he holds the job, and that's great. But I want to protect myself with that position for a franchise that other than one year of Robert Griffin III and two years of Kirk Cousins hasn't had a quarterback since Mark Rippon in the early 90s, I I, I want to protect myself at that spot. So I'm going to go with Will Levis here. Yeah, I mean, listen, if there's, if there's a cornerback here like Devin Witherspoon, maybe Joey Porter, I think that's the way they go. Yeah, I agree. They need offensive tackles. You can't reach for an offensive tackle here. I, you know, if Levis doesn't go here, he's probably going to go to Tampa three picks later. And, you know, I, I think this is sort of where Levis probably should go. I mean, unless somehow he's overdrafted in the top 10, you know, come draft night, I think this is a good spot for him. I think Washington's also a good spot for him. You need a left tackle. Uh, you need a tackle to protect your quarterback. Well, if you can't do that, then you get a big stout uh, pocket passer like Will Levis in there who can protect himself. I do like Sam Howell. I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see if Levis is there, which way they go, because I think uh, I, I think Sam Howell potentially is their future. Yeah, Pittsburgh, I think Levis learning for a year is not a bad thing either, to be honest with you. Not necessarily. And I mean, who knows? It could be a good problem if Sam Howell yeah. plays well. I mean, you know, they, they got some trade bait. Uh, they got that some trade bait. Uh, now the Pittsburgh Steelers are up. And the Steelers are sort of in a similar situation. Could use a defensive tackle. 
could use an offensive lineman. <clears throat> I mean, all the offensive tackles are basically off the board. Yeah, Darno uh, Wright feels like a stealer tackle to me, Tony. He's big, he's nasty, he's physical. Darno Wright out of Tennessee, he just feels like a stealer tackle to me, but this might be too early for him. Yeah, on my board, it, it's way too early. I, I mean, you look down, where else could the Steelers go? Defensive tackle, most of the defensive tackles are gone. And by the way, folks, do you know why this is tough now? We don't have many first-round picks left on our board. <laughs> this is where it starts getting tough. Um, you know, cornerback. <clears throat> I like Deontay Banks. <clears throat> Excuse me, but uh, seventeen is still a little bit early. Would you consider Brian Off Branch in this spot? Yeah, offensive lineman. I mean, Osiris Torrance. You know, it's still kind of early. Uh, looking at the board, <clears throat> looking at the type of player that they like, I'm going to make a surprise pick here based on something that I was told. Uh, a Michigan Pro Day. And that surprise pick is going to be Mozzie Smith. Now, why do I say Mozzie Smith? Because he is your tough, in-your-face, punch-in-your-mouth type of defensive tackle. He's got size. He's strong. He's a gap occupier. He's a real good athlete. And I got nobody else to pick. But I think Mozzie Smith is going to be a first-round pick, whether it's here, whether it's New Orleans as we close out the first round. And really, I mean, I, I don't see I don't see them taking Brian Branch here, even though I've got Branch graded higher than Smith. You know, go, go back. Could it be Osiris Torrance? Possibly. Uh, but that's basically it. I mean, uh, I, I don't see them going in any other direction. Maybe Deontay Banks, who I have higher rated. But I'm going to go with need here. I'm going to take Mozzie Smith. All right, let's go to the Lions at 18. I think I think you ran through their options really well there, Tony. Lions up again. Remember, with their first pick, they picked Jalen Carter out of Georgia. So, all right, I'm taking a look at this now here, Tony, at 18, and I'm looking at two different players. I'm looking at Deontay Banks, the cornerback out of Maryland. They need a corner to play across from uh, the player from Ohio State they picked a couple years ago, Okuda. Um, or I'm thinking about a wide receiver. Do I have someone that can compliment Amon Ross St. Brown a little bit in the way he plays? Or do they pick a tight end to replace TJ Hawkinson? I think that's an option here as well. They traded him to the Vikings. They don't have a, a starting tight end. So I think you're looking Michael Mayer. I think you're looking Deontay Banks. I think you're looking maybe Quentin Johnson, who would be the big compliment to, to, to Addison. I think Dan Campbell gets into his tight end friend zone here a little bit. And I think they want to continue to run the ball. They have a good offensive lineman. He'll help there. He'll help in the passing game. I'm going to give a Michael Mayer tight end at a Notre Dame with this pick. And he's definitely a Dan Campbell type of player. I mean, he's not the speedster. He doesn't really improve the speed, but I think the overall package, that's what Michael Mayer is. And, you know, he's a Dan Campbell type of player. He played Dan Campbell's position. So, uh, you know, I, I think from that point of view, it makes a lot of sense. All right, um, you're up for two in a row here, Tony. You got Tampa at 19 first. Then you have your second pick with Seattle. So Tampa at 19. Go ahead. Tampa 19. I mean, obviously, they need a quarterback. If Will Levis is there, I think it's it's a great fit. Will Levis is not there. They need offensive tackles. Really no offensive tackle. Could they take the right kid from Tennessee here? I mean, potentially, when you look at their depth chart, their right tackles, Tristan Wirfs, obviously, he would have to move to the left side. Uh, the other team needs that they have, they they need a, uh, a defensive lineman. They need a safety cornerback type. And I'm going to go here with Brian Branch, yeah, one of my, my favorites. 
I think this is a good spot for Brian Branch. I think he's a guy that can play nickel for you. I think he's a guy that can, you know, they have a free safety there in Antoine Winfield. But I think if you're looking for a guy who can play over the slot receiver, I think it makes a lot of sense. I think it fit, it fills a team need. And re really, the only reason that Branch isn't a top 15 pick was because of that poor 40 time at the combine. Four, five, eight, the, by the way, just for the was, record. Uh, you look at the uh, you look at the film. He stands out. His position drills during the combine were exceptional. Didn't run well uh, the forty, but you know he, he he picked it up during the uh, combine position drills. So I think this uh, checks a lot of boxes. And uh, I'm going to go Tampa Bay taking Brian Branch, the safety nickel hybrid safety cornerback, whatever you want to call him, just a real good football player. Hey, look, and I think he's a good tackler at the line of scrimmage too, Tony. You know, if you play somebody in the slot, you play him around that box area, they have to be able to support in the run game and tackle. And he is, and he's a Nick Saban player. He's willing to get in there and get his nose dirty and tackle too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think he's more athletic than many of the recent Alabama safeties that come out. He's got terrific ball skills. I mean, that that's, forget about the combine position drills, just watch the film. Seattle Seahawks, I mean, you know, th this is easy for me anyway. Uh, the first I, pick, by the way, was Tyree Wilson. Correct. Uh, for me, this is easy. It's going to be Quentin Johnson, I think, here. They need a receiver. They've had success with the, you know, bigger receivers in DK Metcalf. Quentin Johnson ran a 4-4-6 last week during his pro day, which was a real victory for him because there was talk throughout the process that he was running 4-6s and he was running 4-5s. Obviously, you want to add another weapon for Geno Smith. He has to learn the nuances of the position. He's got to do a better job catching the ball with his hands. He's got to improve his route running. But this is the type of bigger, more athletic type of player that Seattle has had you know, a lot of success with during the Schneider-Pete Carroll era. So I'm going to go with Quentin Johnson of TCU with this selection. Yeah, you cut out there for a second, Tony. What, what did he run on his, on his 40 pro day? Uh, it was uh, I heard anywhere from four four six to four five two, That's uh, which is much better than a lot of people expected. Yeah, no question about it. And again, we we talked about his, his his catching, too much body catching, and but he's really good after the catch, and I think uh, it certainly will help Seattle. He can complement uh, DK Metcalf, and frankly, he can learn from DK Metcalf, who's a bigger, you know, taller wide receiver. DK Metcalf much thicker than Quentin Johnson, obviously, but he can maybe learn from him a little bit. All right, Los Angeles Chargers at twenty one here, Tony. And look, I think they're trying to help the quarterback. I thought about Zay Flowers, but I think Jordan Addison's the better player. So I'm going to give him Jordan Addison. To me, he is the heir apparent to Keenan Allen, right? Neither guy tested particularly well. They both catch the ball very well. They're both precise route runners. And they're sim And Allen's a little bit thicker, but he's not the biggest guy either, right? So I'm going to go Jordan Addison here to the Chargers, who will play with Keenan Allen this year but he'll eventually be Keenan Allen's long-term replacement with Justin Herbert. And Addison's probably a little bit faster than Keenan Allen he was coming out of college, and he's yeah. an exceptional pass catcher. I mean, we talk about, you know, Jackson Smith-Nagigba and his great route running and his ability to separate. Well, Jordan Addison is not far behind. And, you know, you're giving Justin Herbert another weapon, and, you're, and you improve Justin Herbert, you're going to improve that team. So it, it just makes complete sense. Uh, Baltimore Ravens are up. You know, the Ravens are a team that e seems to be eternally looking for a receiver or a cornerback. Uh, here I am going to go with Deontay Banks. This is a little bit earlier than I would like Banks to go, but I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, Banks is a guy who really wasn't on the scouting radar prior to the season, although the Maryland coaches were telling scouts about Banks and how he was going to be a big-time player. 
had a terrific 2022 campaign, worked out phenomenally well at the combine. So it's the perfect mesh of a really good athlete who's developing some outstanding cornerback skills. And as we know at the Baltimore Ravens, to do a good job with their early round cornerbacks, I think this is a good fit. You just broke giant fans' hearts with that pick, Tony. I'm with you. I thought wide receiver was an option there too. But look, they don't have Marcus Peters resigned yet. They they need a corner. They need guys that can cover. I think it's a very good pick, and I, I think he fits exactly what they like to do down there. So excellent selection. We're on to the Vikings now at 23. I would have picked Deontay Banks with them if he was available because they need a cornerback. So he's off the board. I'm looking at maybe pass rushers on defense. On the edge, no. But inside, Tony, I think the Vikings are going to take a look at Kalijah Kansi, and they're going to say, boy, we had a lot of luck with John Randall. He was an undersized, really quick defensive tackle that knew how to get upfield. We need some help rushing the passer up front for a defense that, quite frankly, was brutal last year. Like I said, I would love to pick a corner here. I, I don't think there's one worth the bang for the buck left on the board for me. I think it's a little early for Emmanuel Forbes. He would be my next guy, yeah. but I'm not willing to go there yet. And Kansi does have pass rush production. They need help up front. I'm going to give him Kalaja Kansi, defensive tackle out of Pittsburgh. Yeah, my concern with this with this selection is I think Kansi is a real good prospect as a three-technique tackle. I think he's very scheme-specific. He's small. You're absolutely right about the pass rush ability. You're absolutely right about the ability to penetrate the line of scrimmage and create havoc. I'm just concerned about him being a liability at the next level against the run. Yeah, it's fair. I don't know how he's going to hold up. He doesn't have great growth potential. It's not like he's going to be able to add 30 pounds. And even even if he does add weight, you know, does he keep that quickness? Does he keep that athleticism? Uh, you know, Adebawari of Northwestern is slightly taller, slightly uh, heavier, or slightly bigger, I should say. Much and longer, ran, too. Much and longer. And he ran, he ran two tenths faster in the 40. So, um, you know, the Kansi's one of those guys that's going to draw a variety of of opinion. I mean, you're either going to love him or he's like he's the Anthony Richardson of the defensive tackle class. Let's put it that way, uh, because people are going to be all over the place on him. So, and by the way, just for the record, I actually might like Adabare more than Kansi, but that doesn't seem to be the consensus out there. And this is predictive, so I'm going to go with more of the consensus here and give him Kansi. But I share all your worries, Tony, and even when you watch him on tape. You know, people want to make the Pittsburgh-Aaron Donald comparisons and all that stuff, which is nonsense. Nonsense. Because when you watch Aaron Donald, he won with power and hand usage all the time. You look at all Kansi's wins, it's all quickness, right? Yeah. And again, he's great, you know, get off on the line, great quickness, a lot of swim moves and stuff like that. Does a great job, but you're right. He gets into the pros, and these really athletic 320-pound guards get their hands on him. I don't know how he's going to deal with that, to be honest with you. Yeah, and the thing is this is, you know, that Pittsburgh Panther defensive line had some talent on there. They got a kid that's going to be drafted in the fifth round in uh, Baldonado. They got another guy who could be a seventh-round pick in Alexander. They had some talent, which I think made his job easier, as a as opposed to the Northwestern kid out of Bawari, where he was the only guy on that, on that defensive line. And if I said the Pittsburgh uh, offensive line, I meant the defensive line. He was the only guy on that defensive line, and he was used out at end. I think he was a little bit misused. I think what happens is, is people look at the production, which Kansi had, is very explosive. They compare him to the Northwestern kid who didn't have as much production. But again, you're looking at a projection uh, the next level. The Jacksonville Jaguars are up. Uh, I think they would like Deontay Banks, but he's no longer there. I think they would like an offensive lineman. 
Osiris Torrance, they really want more of a uh, of a of a tackle. Yep. They do need a nickel back. So I'm going to go with DJ Turner of Michigan here. A little bit of a smaller guy, which is okay if you're playing inside. He's fast. We saw him run the 426 at the combine. Terrific cornerback. I mean, he's got outstanding ball skills. And it's not just 2022. You go back the past three seasons. He was good in 2020. He really stood out to me in 2021. And then he played well last year. Um, I think they would want a bigger guy. But still, DJ Turner as their nickelback in the slot uh, in the, uh, is another piece for uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars to get him to the next level with more like an offensive, more of an offensive player to really help out uh, Trevor Lawrence. I just don't see one here, but I still think uh, it's a good fit for uh, Jacksonville. All right, Giants up here at 25, Tony. And, you know, you take a look at their needs. You think about center with John Michael Schmitz. He's a consideration here. You think about wide receiver, you know, the Zay Flowers, Josh Downs, Jalen Hyatt tier, I think you're in. You take a look. I know it's not really a need, but Dalton Kincaid and Bijan Robinson are two of the highest rated players on my board remaining. I wouldn't go there because it's not a need for them, but they're there. And even though it's not a need, I'm going to give the Giants Nolan Smith out of Georgia. You know, he's someone that can play outside. He's better against the run than people give him credit for. He's fast. He's athletic. I go back to when the Ravens selected Odafe Owe, now Jason Owe, or then Jason Owe, now Odafe Owe out of Penn State. Really athletic guy that gets upfield as a pass rusher. And they have Aziz Ojolari. They have Kayvon Thibodeau. He might not step in and start right away, but you need three good pass rushers. And I think, again, he could do more than that. He can drop. He can play the run. I'm going to give them Nolan Smith just because I think he's the best value left on the board here. I'll give him to the Giants at 25 as they try to secure that defensive front a little bit. I, well, I think he's the best value on the board, not named Bijan Robinson. Uh, but I agree with you. I mean, it, you know, they signed Okariki in free agency, but Nolan Smith does not get the credit that he's due. And I said this during the combine. People look at him as an edge rusher. That's a load of garbage. You go back and you watch the 2021 film. He was making plays in space. He was making plays in pursuit. I think you can stick him in the middle if you need to. You can put him on the inside. Uh, he's a versatile guy who I just don't think gets the credit he, he deserves. You know, I, I had said early on, John Michael Schmidt. But again, if Nolan Smith is there, he just may be too good of an option to, to pass up. All Dallas the corners Cowboy were gone, Tony. I wanted a corner, but the corners are gone. I, I There wasn't one there that I wanted, and... You know, and if, if Addison was there, if Smith and Jigba were there, I would have picked one of them, but nope, I, I, that I had to go with the best value. The question is, would they take Zay Flowers here? I mean, is there, yeah. you know, Zay Flowers explosive, but you got Wendell Robinson coming back from the injury, same type of receiver. Granted, Zay Flowers is rated much, much higher at, at equal points in their career than Wendell Robinson was. And I, I absolutely love Robinson. Uh, so that's that would be uh, that's going to be an interesting, you know, if all the top corners are off the board, Deontay Banks is there. Do they take Cam Smith here? I don't think so, because everything I'm hearing is Cam Smith is not going to be a first round pick. It's going to be a, a day two pick. Uh, so, uh, you know, this is what happens when you get to the bottom of round one. You know, the, the, the players that you want are off the board because you made the playoffs and you got to you got to pick from what's left. What is left? Dallas Cowboys are up. Dallas Cowboys can go defensive line. They can go offensive line. They can go tight end. I know there's a lot of people saying B. John Robinson. I don't see that. The fact that they just uh, franchised Tony Pollard. Uh, when I look at the board here. How about wide receiver? 
yeah, maybe receiver. I'm not going to take Jalen Hyatt here because I think he's slipping from what I'm hearing. There was a report that Zay Flowers just had a 30 visit with Dallas. That was reported the other day. Could be. Uh, but I'm going to go with Dalton Kincaid because I think they have a need at the tight end position. Uh, when I when I uh, let me just give me give me a second here. I, I think they have a need at the tight end. No, position. they do. You know, Jake Ferguson, a fourth round pick. They lost uh, Dalton Schultz in free agency. Exactly. So. Uh, was, and, and Jake Ferguson is right now number one on their depth chart, fired, uh, followed by Peyton Hendershot, a free agent out of uh, University of Indiana. I think Kincaid, you know, is it Kincaid or is it Musgrave? I have Kincaid uh, graded slightly higher than Musgrave. <clears throat> reported earlier this week, Kincaid had that small fracture in, or had a fracture in a small bone in his back. Didn't work out at the combine. Didn't work out at pro day. Kincaid's schedule, as far as I know, is full with official 30 visits. So what he's going to do is sometime later this week, he's going to do a workout and he's going to film it and they're going to send it to teams around the league because there's really no time for him to schedule a workout. But you look at the film and the guy just proved himself to be a downfield threat, a terrific pass catcher, not a bad blocker, gets the job done blocking. He's got to keep his eyes on the ball. Sometimes he's looking upfield before he's caught the ball, which results in drops. So I think it's it fits the need. It's a uh, another weapon for uh, Dak Prescott, and he's just a good, real good football player. Bills here at twenty-seven, Tony. I so want to put B. John Robinson on the board here. I can't tell you how much I want to do it. I just don't think it's what the Bills do, and this is supposed to be predictive. I want to give them B. John Robinson in the worst possible way. I can't bring myself to do it. So I think they are going to try to help Josh Allen. I don't think Gabriel Davis um, progressed like they wanted to last year. So the heck with it. I'm giving them Zay Flowers, wide receiver. Put him out there with Stephon Diggs. Let them run around. He can do some of the slot gadget stuff in that offense. Look out. Zay Flowers, wide receiver to the Buffalo Bills. Used to that Northeast weather as well. So, oh, you know, good point. Goes from Boston College, goes to play with Buffalo. Going to be a little bit cold, a little bit snowier, but he's used to that weather. And again, you know, uh, we'll see about B. John Robinson. I mean, last year there was talk about them taking Brees Hall in the first round. They went with the with the cornerback and and, and Kerry Lom, who's a, a terrific player. Uh, I, I think what will happen is with Robinson is, you know, he's great value now. It's going to be tough to pass up on him. Uh, but we'll see. You're right. I mean, they, they haven't done that. Uh, we'll see if they do that. Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals need an, probably going to need an offensive lineman, Jonah Williams. Has demanded that he gets traded. Uh, Got to uh, want to protect Burrow. Uh, I'm looking tight end here because they need some help at tight end. We've already got two tight ends off the board. When you look at the Bengals, Irv Smith is at the top of their uh, draft board, uh, followed by uh, Devin Assis, uh, from uh, UCLA, who's been all over the place. I'm going to go with Luke Musgrave here. I think he is a terrific pass catcher. He's going to basically be an immediate weapon for uh uh, for Joe Burrow, you know, you got Jamar Chase and T Higgins and all those guys running downfield. Uh, you, you got Musgrave running the underneath patterns in the middle of the field. Uh, I think it, it, it's a good fit for fills a team need and is a real good player. All right. I got back-to-back picks here and I already wrote them down. These are easy. Uh, I don't think when the real draft happens, these players are going to last this long. And this is why mock drafts are fun, right? You, these things happen and you can't expect. I don't think Nolan Smith will last the 25 to the Giants. I don't think Lucas Van Ness is going to last a 29. 
but he's on the board. And the Saints, I mean, they picked Gavinport a few years ago, right? Big, strong defensive ends. You know, they they like those types of players. So I'm going to go Lucas Van Ness to the New Orleans Saints here at 29. I think it's a run to the podium situation. It's a very Saintsy type of player. They lost Davenport in the offseason, so they have to replace him as a defensive end. They need help up front. Um, their front is getting a little bit older, so they need to start getting young there. So I'm going to go Lucas Van Ness. And, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm going to give the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles Bijan Robinson, but I'm going to do it. And, my goodness, you put him with Jalen Hyatt with that offensive line and that running game, and I gave them Skoronsky, too. Yeah. I just gave the Eagles maybe the best running game in the NFL, Tony, in the last 15, 15 years. Oh, God help the Giants in the NFC East. But how could I go any other way? And I know it's not a Howie Roseman thing to do. I get it. But you're not picking 10th year. You're not picking 15th year. You're not picking 20th year. You're picking 30th. This guy can run. He can catch. He can block. Use him up for five years and let him walk. I think it's a great value for the way they play, and I hate it, but I love it for the Eagles, so I'm going to go Bijan at 30. Your takes on Van Ness and Robinson. Yeah, well, <clears throat> Van Ness, all the defensive tackles are off the board. I do agree with you. I think defensive tackle is an area where, or defensive line anyway, is an area where the Saints are going to look. Van Ness is rated a little bit lower on my board, but again, this is the end of the first round. I do think that, you know, Adebowari is actually, uh, would be a uh, big consideration here for, <clears throat> for the Saints because he's a good fit for the system. As far as Bijan Robinson's concerned, well, it's a good thing that you had Nolan Smith, uh, the Giants select Nolan Smith, because uh, he's one of the guys that's good be relied upon to stop Bijan Robinson. And you're right. You know, it's not a Harry Roseman thing, but the fact is this, you're, you know, you're looking for those final pieces to get the team over the hump. And a guy like Bijan Robinson is one of those final pieces to, you know, bring the Eagles from a team that was in the Super Bowl to potentially a team that could win the Super Bowl. And there comes a point in time where the value just outweighs. You're like, you know what? Listen, I know we don't take running backs in the draft, but if he's there, Bijan Robinson, I mean, he's literally great value by two thirds of a round. You could, you know, he's a top five player, top six player in this draft. And here you are with the 30th selection of the draft, and he's still on the board. You got to say, you know what? This is like buying, you know, a, a stock that's worth $50 for $2 a share. You know, even if you don't like the stock, you're going to buy it and just roll the dice and see what the returns are for you. All right, Tony. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. You got 31 with the Chiefs. Out the uh, first round, need an edge rusher, need an offensive tackle. I think uh, Darnell Wright would be a uh, consideration here. They did take Carlaftis uh, uh, last year. I, I, I look at their uh, draft board. They got Juwan Taylor, who they signed to big money. I, I you know they got Lucas Yang, who is a good player that they selected in the third round last year. I'm going to go with B.J. Ojolari here for a couple of reasons. Mm. He's a terrific pass rusher. He is basically the, the sort of one-gap, smaller but athletic type of guy that you know the the, uh, the Chiefs really like up front. You think of the deep boards. You, th you think of all the guys that they've had in the hey, past. Hey, Tony, think Steve Spagnuolo with OCU Minura back with the Giants, right? Like, same type of guy. Yeah, and, and again, uh, you know – Maybe a receiver here, Jalen Hyatt, still on the board, which I would I think is going to happen come draft day. But I think, you know, Ojolari right now is the highest rated player on my board. He fills a need, and it makes the most sense. 
All right, I'm with you. Now, let's go through our best players that did not get selected before we say goodbye, Tony. I'm going to list some guys out to you. you. You talk to me about him. We've already mentioned Adabare a couple times. I think he's one of the guys that is right in this area. Uh, the two linebackers, Trent Simpson and Drew Sanders, your chance either one of those guys goes in round one? I tend to doubt it. Uh, Sanders had a great pro day. He alleviated some of the uh, concerns that people had about him, about the athleticism and the ability to drop into space, but I, I don't think uh, – I don't think they end up in the bottom part of round one. Okay. How about the next corners? Uh, Emmanuel Forbes and Cam Smith and Keely Ringo. Yeah. I mean, Forbes is a smaller guy. I, I, I just, I never had him graded as a first round pick. As we talked about the uh, camps, as I just talked about, Cam Smith is falling down draft boards because of a few different uh, issues. I doubt he's going to be a first round pick. And I don't know how you take uh, Keely Ringo in round one. Totally agree. Offensive lineman, you mentioned done all right. I thought that would have been a fine pick for the Chiefs there. You're in the neighborhood. Anton Harrison, another guy, another tackle a lot of people really like. Dewan Jones, the big right tackle out of Ohio State. And then Osiris Torrance. We didn't have a center or a guard. Him or John Michael Schmitz, neither one was on the board there um, in the first round. Yeah, I mean, again, Torrance, I think, would be a good fit for Pittsburgh. But do you take him in the middle part of round one? I, I would not. How about John Michael Schmitz? You surprised he didn't get into round one? Uh, no, because there were so many, you know, I, I think John Michael Schmitz right now is rated as like the 42nd player on my board. I mean, I like him. I don't, I don't have a, a solid first round grade on him. Uh, I, I think if you're taking John Michael Schmitz in the first round, you're getting a good player, but it's more of a need pick than a value selection. Yep. And then you have Harrison and Jones. You have them as second round guys, the tackles. Uh, both of them as second round guys. Got I, I, I tend to doubt Anton Harrison. I mean, maybe he could because he's probably the best left tackle on the board. Dewan Jones is really falling down draft boards for a couple of reasons. You know, we saw him at the senior ball. He had that great first day at the senior ball. Uh, and then he basically packed it in after that. Went to the combine, ran the 40. I think he may have done the vertical jump or something else. Has done nothing since. And I was at the Ohio State Pro Day, and there was Dewan Jones in gray sweats. He didn't even get on the scale, and he's made a lot of mistakes since that first great practice at the Senior Bowl, and he's really rankled people the wrong way. Tight ends, Laporta, Darnell Washington. Any shot first round for those guys? No, I, I don't. I don't see that at all. I mean, really, as far as as far, I mean, Jameer Gibbs. I mean, Jameer. That was the next guy I was going to mention. Yeah. The only way he ends up in round one is if Bijan Robinson is taken much earlier in the first round. Bijan Robinson is going to have to be a middle first round choice for uh, Jameer Gibbs to have any chance of falling in the first round. Keon White. I mean, I don't think the teams, the bottom of round one, uh, Keon White's a good fit. And uh, Jalen Hyatt, I think with Hyatt, didn't run well at the combine uh, or didn't run as fast as expected, I should say, at the combine. Didn't do anything at the pro day interviews have not gone well and i guess the, the sort of the wild card late in round one is hendon hooker uh, i mean i don't have hendon hooker as a first round pick but could a team at the at the top of round two who wants a quarterback move into the bottom of round one select hendon hooker just to get that fifth year option on him yeah i didn't bring him up but he would have been a consideration for me for the vikings there's a lot of noise out there that the Vikings are looking for a quarterback and there's enough noise from enough reporters that are in the know that I think that might be legit. I want to see the next couple of weeks, how that's developed. We'll do one more mock of the, the week of the draft and maybe he'll wind up there on that one. We'll see. But I think that's one of those kind of late first round landing spots. Finally, Tony, any other wide receivers that you think could sneak in the round one or you think we hit them all? 
mentioned Jalen Hyatt. I don't, you know, I think it's 50-50 right now if he's a first-round pick. Kayshawn Booty, I don't think he's a first-round pick. Josh Downs? I'm sorry? Josh Downs? Yeah, I, I don't I don't think he's going to get consideration. I mean, the, the only other player who may slide into late part of round one is Will McDonald, if you're really looking for an edge rusher, but he's got a bit of a, a skinny lower half, and you're going to have to decide how to how to use him. Um, you you mentioned one thing that – oh, Minnesota Vikings, Dorian Thompson-Robinson in day two. Keep an eye on that. I know a lot of people like him, the quarterback out of UCLA, so keep an eye on that. All right, Tony, before we say goodbye, what are you keeping an eye on over the next week or so before we have our next episode next week doing offensive prospects kind of outside of the top five at each position? Well, I mean, there's not a lot going on. Teams, uh, Players are going to be making the official 30 visits. The combine medical recheck will be happening in about 10 days. Uh, you got to keep an eye on that, especially the Sean Tucker story, which we talked about before. Sean Tucker, the running back from Syracuse, people, a lot of people, including myself, thought would be a mid-round pick. Uh, did not fare well at the uh, combine medical. They would not. They did not let him work out. He did not work out at pro day. He's going back for the combine medical. Combine medical recheck. This is critical for him. If he doesn't get the thumbs up, you're going to see Sean Tucker fall out of the draft. And then you know what will happen is the draft meetings, the final draft meetings, will take place two weeks before the actual draft itself, and that's when the information will really start to spill out. What's the value of these 30 visits, Tony, as they start to, you know, get going around the league, like pretty much right now? Yeah. You know, it's more for the non-combine guys than it is for the combine guys, because the non-combine guys who make these 30 visits, remember, they haven't had their physical exams. So they go to these facilities, they go to these franchises and they get the physical exams that basically would they would have had done, done at the uh, at the combine. What you're doing when you bring these players in, you're doing a lot of whiteboard work. You're going through a lot of, a, a lot of, you know, this is what, this is our scheme. They'll go over film. They'll ask the player, you know, what were you doing here? What was supposed to be done? And they're going to see if they're able to understand the concepts that are relevant to that team's defense or offense. Tony, good stuff, my friend. See you next week. All right, next week again, we're going to go beyond Tony's top five prospects in each position and go talk about maybe some of the guys we haven't touched on much uh, in during our draft season podcast over the past few months. There's not many of them, but there's some guys we haven't touched on a bunch, and we'll try to do that next week, and Tony will continue to update you with all the noise and rumors and news and information he's gathering from around the National Football League. For Tony Pauline, I'm John Schmelk. This is Draft Season. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals to Hyatt, Zalara, Riviera Maya in Mexico and enjoy a selection of exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started.
Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started.